The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We want to continue the coverage of the SNC-Lavalin affair. As we've been telling you, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's former right-hand man says... All of the officials named in former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould's testimony have done nothing wrong. Gerald Butts testified before the Commons Justice Committee today. And joining us now is the Honourable Michael Barrett, the Conservative MP for Leeds, Grenville, Thousand Islands and Rideau Lakes, and also a member of the Justice Committee. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, sorry, Mr. Barrett, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Can we start first, because we're getting a lot of questions about the oath business uh, with the Justice Committee and I was watching it this morning and of course the uh, the Liberal members voted it down to have uh, Butts testify under oath um, and uh, the, I believe the chair went on to say that nobody has done that in 25 years. Is that true and uh, why is that? You know uh, just to start out the 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 premise that that, that we advanced was that if the witnesses have nothing to hide and they're telling the truth, then they shouldn't be uncomfortable um, swearing an oath that they're going to tell the truth. So I think that that first piece is important. Now, I take the chair's word that nobody has, um, a committee hasn't sworn in, uh, this committee hasn't sworn in a witness in in 25 years. Sure. uh, And I guess the distinction is that if parliamentary, if if parliament decided um, to to waive the privilege given to uh, witnesses appearing at the committee, that there could be a criminal perjury charge Mm. uh, against a witness for for uh, lying to the committee. And so, uh, I mean, that sounds perfectly acceptable. I'm not sure why in, in the search of the truth on this issue, we wouldn't want to properly motivate everyone b- appearing before the committee <laughs> to be honest. And um, should you lie to the committee and lie to Canadians, then yeah, you're going to be uh, you're going to face a criminal charge of uh, perjury. Okay. I, I suppose we should start by asking you, sir, what you thought of Gerald Butts's uh, testimony today. I so I'll give you a, a bit of context. I'm a relatively new member of Parliament. I was elected uh, in a by-election in December, and uh, I was named to the Standing Committee on Justice and Human Rights. And uh, and then this uh, this issue broke shortly thereafter. And I guess I'm not surprised by anything that I've seen. Uh, come forward since the start of this. You know, initially it was all very surprising, but but I'm not surprised, and I guess I'm I'm disappointed to hear from, but again not surprised to hear from Mr. Butts that uh, everyone who was mentioned by the former Attorney General, Miss Wilson Raybould, is of the highest esteem and and caliber, uh, but. Um, but what I'm saying is the truth, and what she's saying is not. And so, so I, I, I think that that's I think that that's um, a a a poor position for him to have taken. So where do we where do we go from here on this? This is a he said she said. Um, do do you uh, and, believe in an inquiry? And and sorry, if I can just uh, just interrupt and pick up on that point, it's and and the. Witnesses that the liberals would would like the liberal members of the committee would like to advance and would like us to hear from would very much like us to believe that it's a he said, she said. Originally, 
the contention from the Prime Minister was that nothing happened, and then it was uh, what happened um, was, was that there was no pressure, and then it was that there was pressure, but it was the, um, the, just the right amount of pressure. And then we had Ms. Wilson-Raybould appear after great urging that um, she be released from solicitor-client privilege and cabinet confidence, and once that was done, she came and she presented us with a written statement text messages, she had emails, she had uh, very clear uh, responses to our questions. And then, but, but she also told us that she couldn't give us the whole story because they wouldn't release her mm-hmm. from key components of, of that uh, privilege um, and confidentiality that she's obligated to follow. But Mr. Butts and Mr. Wernick appear, and they offer us no notes, and Mr. Wernick seems to have forgotten more things than he can remember. Uh, He remembers that he's been to 200 cabinet meetings since uh, Brian Mulroney was the prime minister, uh, but he doesn't remember what was said in in meetings in September. So uh, these these gentlemen did not put forward a credible version of events. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we called for a public inquiry. Uh, The Liberals uh, rejected that request. And... Uh, our leader, Andrew Scheer, has uh, drawn the matter to the attention of the RCMP and requested that um, that they consider uh, opening an investigation. And with the torrent of information that continues to come forward and now having a second cabinet minister, uh, a very credible uh, cabinet minister and doctor, uh, resign from cabinet citing not having confidence in the prime minister, uh, I think that it's, it would it behooves him to uh, to resign his office and let a full and thorough investigation take place so that Canadians can continue to have confidence in their public institutions. So here's my question for you. It's an opinion question. Sure. So it doesn't, uh, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. You know, some Canadians will believe one version of the story, others another version of the story. Some will say, well, it was unethical but not criminal, and uh, there'll be uh, distractions as uh, both sides spin. But here's some numbers that we can all agree on, and then I want your take on this. When we speak specifically of SNC-Lavalin, and we talk about job losses, and that seems to be the narrative from the Prime Minister's office that, look, at the end of the day, all we were trying to do is protect jobs. Yep. But of those jobs, because a lot of numbers have been thrown out, but here's the numbers. 80% of SNC-Lavalin's uh, employees work outside of Canada. Of the 9,000 jobs that keep getting mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, 2,500 of those are in Quebec, and the rest are spread out throughout. So we're not talking about a massive uh, number. In Alberta, there's uh, so many estimates as to how many job losses there have been as a result of the downturn in the oil industry, but the number everyone seems to center on is about 100,000. And, you know, with the knowledge that you're talking to a primarily Western Canadian audience here, I think we in Western Canada want to understand how it becomes the center of everyone's attention to protect 2,500 jobs in Quebec when no one seems to care about the 100,000 lost in Alberta. Yeah, and, and so I'd first start by saying that uh, I'm very much uh, engaged in the in the terrible uh, state of uh, the economy and the terrible effect that that has had on families in Western Canada and across Canada, um, and so I'm I'm gripped with it. And uh, I did live briefly in Edmonton when I served in the Canadian Forces and was posted to CFB Edmonton. So uh, I do have friends and 
family in Western Canada, but just as a Canadian, it's um, it's it's very uh, it's I'm I'm fully I'm fully gripped by the the very devastating reality of that situation. So I'd like to start by saying uh, saying that, and I think that it should consume the government's attention uh, that 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 economic situation again, uh, exists in, in Western Canada, and, and they should be looking to quickly resolve it and not kick the can down the field. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, they keep talking about jobs on this SNC-Lavalin thing. Well, well, first things first, you don't need to break the law to save jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, second of all, there has been, uh, in spite of repeated requests for information, no evidence has been presented that any jobs, not even one job, was at risk as a result of the director of public prosecutions or the attorney general not offering a deferred uh, prosecution agreement to SNC Lavalin. This is absolutely a red herring. This is there. There is no risk to jobs. You know, uh, SNC Lavalin has um, more work than they can do. They have a backlog of work in the billions of dollars, and you know the the, the greatest argument that was given by the by the clerk today was, well, their stock went down, so they might have been taken over. Well, imagine the free market, another company <laughs> buying a successful company. Yeah. Well, oh, are like, they not good also, thing we had the government to save us. Oh, yeah. Are they not also required by a loan agreement with Quebec's pension fund manager? Aren't they not, are they not obligated to stay with Montreal as their head office until 2024? Yeah, absolutely. And the clerk countered that. We, we put that forward during the committee today. And the clerk countered, the clerk of the Privy Council, who, um, you know, has, uh, he's, he's required to be uh, nonpartisan. And uh, members of our public service do great work, and they go to great efforts to maintain their neutrality. And the clerk of the Privy Council did them no favors today, <laughs> and nor did he in his last appearance, because um, it's just this, his, his claim to be nonpartisan is disingenuous at best. And that agreement, you know, he said, well, you know, they could, they could move everybody out and just leave a shell of a corporation. In fact, the agreement that you reference stipulates that um, they have to keep a function, the, the, the CEO and members of the board and administrative, and the, the, there's, a, there's full caveats that they have to keep actual operations here. And so, again, they've spent significant amounts of treasure to uh, to improve the facilities that they have at that head office and you know in the in the last um, in the last 90 days their CEO has said uh, we're absolutely not going anywhere we have full intentions to stay in Canada and that was in the newspaper before the uh, before the clerk um, put further undue pressure on the former attorney general to uh, to overturn the um, the trial of SNC Lavalin uh, the Honourable Michael Barrett joining us this afternoon, Conservative MP for a beautiful part of the country, Leeds, Grenville, Thousand Islands, and Rideau Lakes, and a member of the Justice and Human Rights Committee. Um, Mr. Barrett, um, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, sent a message I saw, you know, I don't know, I think it was about a half an hour ago, saying that she was willing to come back and testify. I know that that was voted down earlier today. Um, do we, could we... Is there a possibility that something might happen, that we would see her back uh, in front of the committee, um, giving her side of the story from, um, you know, the time that she finished as Attorney General on? So that very much depends on on what the Prime Minister's office is willing to allow. And, and we kind of get a drip-drip of progress from the Liberal members of the committee. Uh, they, uh, they push the decision off, mm-hmm. and so... W- 
today they they did not want to meet next week and they did not want to have Ms. Wilson Raybould testify at that time uh, with the with a new order in council allowing her to speak freely but they've said we're going to meet the first Tuesday the House resumes, so in, in two weeks, which mm-hmm. is also you know a budget week. I, I, I'm not sure that the committee would even meet on the 19th yeah. of March, but they're likely to hold a meeting in camera, and so it would be closed to the public, and at that point they would make a decision. And and the what is consuming this government right now is is damage control, and so I, I guess if, they, if the Prime Minister's spinners in his office thinks that it will help uh, cauterize this uh, self-inflicted wound, then, yeah, they might let her speak. But, um, you know, you talk about the hit that Western Canada is taking, and, you know, right now we have uh, we have serious issues with commodities not being shipped to China, um, and that's not an issue that the government is seized with, mm-hmm. because... They're consumed with damage control. They've got the prime minister canceling events, hunkered down with with his, you know, his key advisors to try and and fix this problem instead of trying to get our goods to market, resolve trade issues with uh, with China and with the U.S. and uh, and he's not seized with getting um, oil workers. Um, back to work and able to uh, provide for their families. Do I just do want to mention that uh, the Prime Minister cancelled his town hall for this evening, by the way. Just so you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, <laughs> it, just, I mean, it just happened a, a short time ago. So, <laughs> and, and so we've got uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould who put out a, a message this afternoon mm-hmm. uh, while the Justice Committee was meeting asking to come back and see us. Yeah. So she wants to speak and we've got the Prime Minister who is you know, uh, he's gone into hiding. Yeah. And they're doing the best they can to change the channel. We had the clerk of the Privy Council, you know, uh, bring out a stack of mean tweets, I guess, that people had sent him today. And, you know, that, that was That he's trying attempt. to be intimidated, that people yeah, are trying yeah. to intimidate him. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Everybody's yeah. a victim. Last question for you. We're up against the clock. but and, and I'll tell you, we've not spoken before. I'm never afraid to ask a really dumb question. So here's my really dumb question. Sure. What is it the Justice Committee is attempting? What is the purpose or objective of the Justice Committee, is it to determine if there was a criminal act here, or what is its purpose, its mandate? Um, so the, and it's, it's funny that you uh, ask, ask that. The, the scope of our study that we're undertaking regard, is with regards to remediation agreements and the application of the Shawcross Doctrine. And that title alone is uh, it was the, the liberal members' attempt to put people to sleep just reading the title without actually <laughs> talking about what we were doing. So um, we're trying to slowly peel back the layers of the onion, uh, the opposition members on the committee, and and really find out what's going on. It's a slow process, but in the absence of a public inquiry and in the absence of a, a formal police investigation, we're going to keep um, kicking at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. Uh, MP Michael Barrett, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.